Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. All right, today we're going to be talking about uh, loveless relationships. You know, when it when it comes to the survival of intimate relationships, no matter how much love there is between you and your your partner, there's no guarantee that both will be able to make your love last. Even if you think that you're some soulmates, in fact, without empathy, the love in your relationship will end up like love in tennis, a big zero. You know, if you're questioning whether or not to throw in the relationship towel and call things quits, you know, you might want to pay attention to what I'm about to share about how to uh, how crucial empathy is for struggling relationships to heal and thrive. You know, empathy is really what is called compassion and compassion is the act of love. Compassion is what makes us connect to each other. And the problem is, is that if we're going to be in a relationship, it has to be about how you feel about each other. It's not what you think, it's how you feel. And so, you know, relationships and the love that supports them don't run on autopilot. You know, it's the way individual interprets and responds during conflict plays a huge role in the satisfaction and success of a relationship. And one of the best ways to respond internally when facing conflict with a partner is to set your own ego aside and try to see things from their perspective. It's amazing when we do that how much can be accomplished. Because the bottom line is, if you're not an active listener in a relationship, you're actually going to be more of a burden than you are as a help in the relationship. The other thing is you have to be endurable. You have to be able to endure being told things you don't like about yourself or being inferred that you're something worse than what you really are simply because they're trying to get attention to you because you're not listening. You know, empathy is not a sacrifice or something that drains or depletes us or our partners, especially of our ego or self-esteem. Sympathy is draining, but not empathy. Sympathy will suck the soul straight out of your body because that means you're joining the problem. But empathy means you're staying separate from the problem and trying to be healthy. And sympathy leads us to feel like we have to do something. Empathy empowers us by a special sense of togetherness and connection that is formed by the mutual shared identification for the person that we love in the issue that they're that they're experiencing you know i've never had anyone come and say my problem is that my partner understands me so much you know developing empathy for a partner means real understanding of what life has been and what life is like for them empathy is not some mystical power it's not magic or intuition or just the warm fuzzies and, and and make no mistake, empathy is not mind reading, but it may be the best thing to, to melding and bringing relationships together. And so we've all been part of receiving the end of empathy, and we all know that it feels good. And to think of the teachers and bosses you've worked the hardest for, chances are you felt that they were connected with you, powerfully understood you, and we feel motivated when we feel understood, you know. Our intimate partners feel motivated when they perceive that they are understood as well. That's why active listening is so powerful. That's why compassion is so powerful in a relationship. But it doesn't happen when there's resentments. When there's resentments, we build walls up. We stonewall each other, which means that we we stop talking to each other. We start being diplomatic with each other. The other things that happen is we have expectations that are unrealistic. We feel that we deserve better treatment or we're entitled to better treatment. Well, would you go up to God and say you're entitled to this or you deserve that or you you you, uh, you expect God to get you into heaven? Is that really what you would do? I mean, the bottom line is we don't do it with God, so why would we do it with our partner? The emotional glue for couples is compassion and empathy. Being able to put yourself in a partner's shoes, 
without trying to solve the problem will be more likely to help them see your point of view much more than arguing your point of view. Some people just have to feel right. And when you have to feel right, especially if you're both analyticals, you're going to try to be right and try to try instead of try to hear each other. But compassion is a bridge that connects one partner to the other. And if you understand that like a real apology involves empathy for the pain that has been caused by the other person, if you neglect to acknowledge that pain, you are really not doing the, a good degree of apologizing. Each of you grew up with your own unique experiences and expectations, and being empathetic is the best way to bridge and gap between your differences. And the bridge, when strong, can withstand the inevitable pounding forces of stress on the relationship, including the demands of children, time, work, and finances. We ebb and flow. We actually work together. And it's truly mutual, intimate relationship, which means a partner of shared understanding partners are stimulated and energized by genuinely empathizing with one another. That's called grace. Maybe you're saying to yourself, why do I have to be empathetic when they are so dense and clueless? You know, or, or you may be thinking, you know, they need to be the one to show me empathy first. No, you be the right one. You do the right thing. Stop doing the easy thing. You step in and be good and offer compassion and see what happens over time as you do that consistently. You know, it's individual decision as to what works and does not work for healing a broken relationship. If you seek to give your intimate relationship another chance, empathy and compassion is the express train to board you on that track and truly, hopefully, have the best chance to bring it all together. You know, falling out of love can be very scary. It may feel like having noticeably less interest in your partner, feeling less excited about spending time with them, and even though you still care about them, that might sound like it means you're not the right person or like your relationship is going downhill. But the truth is, having that falling out of love feeling is completely normal. People fall in and out of love through a relationship all the time. The problem is, is are you too stubborn to come back with compassion? If you're too stubborn and you have to be right and you have to stick yourself in your own shoes, you're not going to heal it. You know, so let's talk about why people fall out of love. You may think that it's because they realize they're not right for each other because they argue too much or aren't having enough sex, have feelings of someone else. You know, this can be challenging because in a relationship, none of us are the main reason uh, that we fall out of love. The number one reason people fall out of love is because they're human. Yes, we are designed to fall out of love. And then if the relationship is healthy and both people understand what real love is about, we fall back in love deeper than before. And then we fall out of love and back in love. And you get the picture. Falling in and out of love is cyclical as the tides are to the ocean. And that's okay. That's because we now are developing the faith that every time we fall out of love, we fall back in love and sometimes even stronger than before. It wasn't just in love anymore. That's what some people say. Or I love you, but I'm not in love with you. I hear these statements all the time. And the common reasons that a person has left a relationship, we, we take this to mean that the heart-pounding, exhilarating feelings that characterize the honeymoon phase of a relationship has faded. But the eternal beloved who just days or weeks before made life worth living is now a regular, flawed, sometimes annoying human being. But falling out of love doesn't mean your relationship's over. While the first round of falling in love being be characterized by strong feelings, a desire to spend more time together, butterflies, even a feeling of ecstatic bliss, the subsequent rounds are usually much less exciting. That's reality. You know, if we know and if we knew to expect the eventual fall from grace that occurs with every couple in a committed relationship, we wouldn't feel so shocked when it happens. But because we're inundated, you know, with the deal of happily ever after that's conveyed in movies and everything else, we subconsciously believe even if we rationally know better that the in love feelings should last forever. The good news is that once you fall out of love, you can begin the satisfying work of learning how to sustain real love, which a healthy marriage or a long-term partnership grows over time. And yes, you can even get that crush feeling on your partner in time. 
You know, there's some basic love laws that will help you reignite your feelings. We carry a strong cultural misconception that love is something that happens to you. In other words, it's your partner's job to make you feel alive, loved, and happy. While we do need a loving partner in order to share love, you and only you are responsible for your feeling of aliveness and joy. And here's the great empowering secret that our cultural mythology keeps hidden. The best way to feel love is to give it. And I'm not talking about codependent relationship where your good feelings are dependent on making some narcissist happy. I'm talking about a real true love that arises from a genuine desire to bring joy to your partner, offer support in the ways that feel loving to them. And you can reverse the conditioned mindset that love is something you can get to the idea that love is something you can give and miracles happen. That is a much healthier way to go. At any moment, we can focus on what we don't love about our partners. That's easy. We're human. We have a million flaws. And what's missing in the relationship or what we love and appreciate, don't love and don't appreciate. When you proactively move towards gratitude and engage in loving actions like writing and sending gratitude lists, letters, notes each day, that is a way to carve out pathways to your heart that will infuse with loving feelings. That's important. You know, because we've all been hurt by love, rejected, shamed, judged, abandoned, we know the risks we take when we open ourselves up to love again. And sometimes these hurts have occurred in the past, relationships with parents or siblings or exes, and sometimes you've been hurt by your current partner. Either way, it takes enormous courage to open up your heart once you've been hurt. Yet, it's the only way of sustaining real love. And once you can start to identify the ways that you shut down and protect, thereby barricading your heart behind a cold stone wall you know the faster you'll be able to soften that wall and move forward there's a great power in realizing that we don't have to wait for anyone else to change in order to feel love about this longing that can be met by you in your own actions what am i doing to cause this situation when you know the love laws and commit to putting the loving actions that open your heart into practice you can sustain a lifelong loving honest satisfying relationship and it's not always easy or fast work but it's work that is well worth it for in the end we really want to feel love and be loved that is important take the time to understand that when you are falling out of love, how to repair that. You know, having, uh, uh, there's all kinds of red flags, but having that all-encompassing honeymoon uh, feeling, that crush feeling, it, that feeling of excitement, the hope and the outlook, the, 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 the lonely days are now behind you. That's a great feeling, you know, and it feels good in the moment, but it may cause you to miss some of the more important red flags in a relationship are signs that the person may not actually be the actual best partner for you you know objective red flags there's red flags are behaviors that are objectively unhealthy for any relationship these include physical emotional and verbal abuse as well as things like lying consistent infidelity chronically selfish behavior narcissistic tendencies among others there's also relational red flags that's the dynamics between two people rather than a characteristic of either person for example it could it could be a relationship with someone who tends to be very controlling paired with a partner who tends to be really passive that could be okay if they're working on it but it could also continuously trigger both of them and it's not that either of them is a bad person or couldn't be a good relationship with someone else but with each other it's toxic and we have to understand that. Also, there's personal red flags, and these are specific deal breakers or triggers that are unique. These are like behaviors that bother you, make you feel unsafe or angry, but they may not come up off as a bad thing to everyone. But in other words, someone else may not see it as a red flag, but it certainly is for you, and that's okay. You know, someone is highly prioritizes quality time, but the person you're seeing has different preferences around spending time together and isn't able to meet that need for you, that could be a personal red flag. Others may not see it as such, but that's why personal, not objective red flags are very, very important. All right, we're going to take a break. I'm going to do a little commercial here because we're going to be in a festival. 
And so you want to bring your friends and family to enjoy the Water Lantern Festival coming to Phoenix, Surprise, Arizona. You want to enjoy this magical floating lantern event, which includes local food trucks, games, activities, vendors, music, beauty of thousands of lanterns adorned with love, letters of love and hope and dreams reflecting upon the water, all happening on Saturday, April 22nd at Surprise Community Park, which is 16089 North Bullard Avenue in Surprise, Arizona, 85374. Now, we're going to talk about men and women and how they each individually are falling in or out of love. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Dr. Connie Mariano is a groundbreaker. She was the White House physician to three presidents, toured the world on Air Force One, and has had countless amazing experiences. The one thing that life didn't prepare her for was becoming a widow. After losing her beloved husband, John, in a tragic accident, Dr. Connie joined the one million women who are widowed in the United States each year. While her journey as a widow has been one of intense grief and sorrow, it has also been one of extraordinary growth and rebirth. Now, Dr. Connie is sharing what she's learned, joined by her knowledgeable guests to help anyone struggling with this deeply personal and often lonely journey of their own. Tune into The Widow's Walk, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about loveless relationships. You know, women have a lot of harsh reasons why they'll fall out of love in a relationship. The number one is they don't feel adored. You know, it's important that women feel appreciated by their partner. And actually, in truth, most men are pretty good at this in the beginning of a relationship when it's still new. But as the novelty ends and the attention starts to die down, women start to feel more devalued. You know, women will constantly, constantly gauge the uh the, the the quality of a relationship based on am i cherished you know cherished just can't be the man i am without her don't even know why she's with me i'm lucky to have her she's my best friend it's that way when i talk about her it's that way when i'm with her that we always feel good and connected together you know that is an important aspect of being cherished is what a woman demands in a relationship that's the measuring stick and if a guy wants to have a healthy relationship you better do a good job of that also, many reasons, another reason that's a big one is because they're bored to tears. They want excitement. And if they can't have that, give us variety. You know, if a relationship gets into a rut and you end up doing the same things every weekend or having sex in the same position every time a woman can get bored and lose interest altogether. But people who need to put some work into the relationship or they find themselves 
quickly falling out of love. If you're going to develop patterns to make your life easier, that means you're just going to be coping with life. You're no longer alive. Well, that's not why you get married. You get married because you want to be alive. You want to enjoy each other emotionally. You want to engage in all life's issues and problems. You want to sail together and be safe together and have a good time together. But you're not going to do that if you don't try to develop things you have in common and if you start to fall into the same patterns over and over and over again. Also, many women, uh, as far as leaving a relationship, falling out of love, it's that's past the honeymoon phase. Sometimes we can completely unrealistic and think about our relationship will turn out all right because we love each other so much. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. Once the honeymoon phase is over, the reality of the relationship can slap you in the face. And it's easy to ignore all the red flags when you're caught up in romance and passion. But the fact is, is the rest of life may slip through your fingers. And if you're trying to survive and pay for a house and cars and things that you invest in, honeymoons, marriages and all that kids and insurance and all the crazy things we have to have to make this life better, um, you've got to work. And you've got to have some priorities that are outside of passion and, and, and romance. And so the bottom line is you've got to find a balance in there where you don't lose that feeling with each other. Another reason uh, women uh, harshly leave a relationship is they're looking for that spark that makes them feel all tingly and giggly whenever their man touches or looks at them. However, a relationship can't build on sparks alone. Eventually, they fade if the relationship doesn't have enough substance well what is substance substance is compassion substance is connection that's what it's about it's about being there for each other in the best most possible way in the most present way in the moment not just in your head and that's what a guy does he goes back in his head and he forgets to feed the marriage also many women feel emotionally disconnected and that's why they they feel fall out of love poor communication or no communication at all is one of the main reasons women fall out of love they need to feel connected to their partner emotionally as well as physically in order to love and be loved and when there's little communication some women will shut down well you know the thing is many men are ruminative processors many women oftentimes are auditory sometimes it's the other way sometimes they're both of the same love language and love language mean meaning they're the way they process in their brains men tend to tend to ruminate they'll think and think and think about something maybe ask one person and then drop the bomb of what they've decided whereas women are auditory processors they have a tendency to want to lay down what they're thinking immediately without all the pre-thought and then a man starts to judge them because he's like how dare you bring up an idea you haven't thought through that's crazy you must be stupid but that shuts a woman down immediately she needs to hear herself talk she needs to hear what she is thinking in order to understand what she is thinking however men are dumb and they want to figure it out for you or say i already thought all this for you or be right instead of allow the woman to just process her thoughts and shut up and just validate i understand i hear what you're saying okay so what you're telling me is that even if it's something you've already thought through before and you think it's completely stupid you owe that to your partner if they're an auditory processor now, why do men leave? Well, they have a million reasons, but, you know, uh, the best thing about a relationship for a man is compatibility, and that is the deep need for a friendship. More than that, both partners have to like each other when they're being genuine. You know, the man has to like the woman when she's being her true self, vice versa. He feels like every time he's genuine around his partner and she reacts with judgment or distaste or signals him very strongly that he's with the wrong woman, that's because mutual compatibility is the most important thing in a good relationship. But without it, one or both people feels like they have to walk on eggshells all the time, like they have to act like someone that they're not. That's not a good thing for a man. That's not motivating for a man. And so a man oftentimes will look elsewhere for a either emotional or physical relationship or both because he doesn't feel like the connection is really there. He's being judged for who he is and she's trying to change him rather than accept him for who he is. You know, eventually the more dynamic uh, thing that will sour a relationship is and drive both parties apart is that sense of companionship. If he feels like he can't be honest with himself around her, he'll stop wanting to be around her and eventually decide that he doesn't love her anymore. That's the hard truth about why men will often leave.
also the, the or or the fall out of love you know the, something to build on over time is uh have more positives or negatives actually learn how to be grateful you know god forbid eventually you know it will destroy a relationship from within if all you do is criticize a relationship is great when it feels great with the other person when it starts to feel more like negative than positive a relationship will break down very quickly we do not want to come home and hear about how awful we are that is not home that is not a place of comfort that's not a safe place to be that is a dangerous place to be and so people by instinct will want to avoid that at all costs and be around something that is more emotionally uh, accepting. The negativity can take a form of nagging and just the, the fights increase in frequency and in anger. And whatever the reason, the scale tips towards negative interactions than positive ones, a rebellion begins to take place. And the rebellion means I know what you're telling me is right, but I don't like the way you're telling me. And the way you're telling me is horrible. So I'm going to rebel and not do what you want me to do because you're treating me like a child. Negative communication is parental communication, not sexy, not responsible. What really good communication comes from is I would prefer that you did this. I prefer you showed up on time. I prefer you did this. I prefer you did that. If you did that, you'd be teaching each other how to love you. Otherwise, if you're going to resort to negativity, does it work for your kids? No. So why do you use it on your partner? You know, it's very uh, similar reason uh, is is uh, the emotional intimacy of a relationship gets lost, whether it's about two people integrating their lives to the point where they're running their relationship almost like a business. That happens a lot. But if people hold hands and touch and hold and want to be together and and snuggle and do those things, some people don't like that. But but the bottom line is, the more you do that, the more time you spend together like that the more you grow together because you're reminding each other that you belong to each other. You know, if we're going to surround our life with chores and errands and take care of the domain rather than emotional and physical connection, you're probably going to lose and fall out of love in the relationship. If you find that your interactions with uh, another person is business-like rather than intimate, more centered around accomplishing unromantic uh, tasks like buying houses or investing rather than enjoying uh, with being together, that's a big sign that the emotional intimacy in the relationship is actually fading. And if you want to talk about falling out of love, that's a very quick, uh, a very accurate way to get it done. You know, many people see the spark of leaving their relationship or the initial heat of the relationship dying down. But it's important that we don't do comparatives. We come in different phases. We can bring phases back if we choose to. But that means you have to operate from the sense of I care about this person. I love this person. I'm compassionate about this person. I need them in my life. You need to actually put the work in. If you did that, you might get better out of each other. You know, if the sex has slowed down or stopped, you know, relationships are all about meeting each other halfway and making sure each other's needs are met. You know, if you're supposed to be able to depend on the other person for support or intimacy or comfort, just like they depend on you, you know. And so although a slowed down love life in a relationship is completely normal and happens nearly to everybody, it's, it's important to keep in touch with your partner's needs and feelings to make sure they're still getting what they need from the relationship. That's imperative. You've got to check in. That's an important aspect of staying together. Many people uh, who aren't getting their needs met for intimacy have a constant reminder in their head that they're unsatisfied. And if they feel like that isn't ever going to change, it could make them want more and more likely to check out um, you know, pornography or another relationship or fall out of love or fall in love with masturbating. And that can be a very destructive thing to a relationship. The passion, the intimacy, the fire, the start of the relationship is enough to overwhelm both men and women and make them think they have deeper feelings than they really do. You know, then, then sometimes a guy will realize that he wasn't ever really in love. He just thought he was because of the intensity of the initial uh, connection. But that doesn't mean he has to sit back and regret being with this person. He has to discover who he's with and see if there are qualities that he can actually fall in love with. You know, maybe he wants kids and you don't. Maybe you want to live in the country and he wants to live in the city. Maybe he wants a house in a backyard while you're happy renting. Whatever the incompatibility, you know, 
have your face full on realize that things aren't going to change and you're not going to be able to compromise. That's not good. The way to compromise is go, hey, what does it mean to you to live in the city? What does it mean to you to live in the country? What does it mean to you to raise kids in, in a place that's more urban? What does it mean to you to raise kids in, in the middle of a, a very busy city? Okay, meaning is how you know you do compromise. Talk about a vacation and talk about what it means to you. That is imperative. That's how we form memories. That's how we make decisions in a family. It's, it's very important that you want to feel like all aspects of your life, at least some aspects, you're winning at. And guys are happiest when they feel like they're succeeding at work, at play, at their relationship or anything. Whatever they're proud of, that is what they're happy with. They need to have wins. So do women. Women need to have wins, things that they can pull their, you know, put their, hang their hat on, hang their, hang their coat on. That is a good thing. You know, if he's with someone and he doesn't feel like she admires him or he likes or she doesn't like him, it hurts him and it slows him down to the core because he feels like a failure. If both of you want to remind each other what a great failure you are in each other's lives, you're going to be miserable. You are going to grow apart. And that's the sad part that a lot of people focus on criticism rather than building each other up and talking to the great potential within each of us. We oftentimes also try to change the person we're with rather than accept the person we're with. We need to not try to change who we're with. We need to try to influence who we're with. The best way to influence your partner, your children, your friends, your boss, anybody around you is to talk what you're grateful for. Talk about what you're grateful for. Put your strength in that. Talk about what you are glad they learned how to do. What what really helped you? You know, those are the ways that people want to hear um, how to how to make how to make their own decisions going forward. How to take accountability because if you give them positivity, we have the need to give accountability for that. You know. Um, there's something, something else that's normal as a relationship goes along. Both partners take each other for granted a little bit. It's totally normal. It's totally unremarkable. And it's not relationship breaking. But what relationship breaking is when one partner lets himself go in a way where they completely stop putting in effort. Maybe they used to clean the house and now they don't. Maybe they used to pick up after themselves, but they don't. Maybe they used to feed the dogs, but they don't. Maybe they did the pooper scooping, but they don't. Maybe they took care of the yard, but now they don't. Now everybody has to come in and, or the other partner has to come in and do everything. That is not a good thing. Do not take each other for granted in that way in a long period of time. Yes, we ebb and flow. Yes, things, situations get in our way. But that should be the, not the norm. That should be the abnorm. You are your own compass. Your partner should not have to ask you to do the things that you need to be accountable for. Bottom line, you come into a room, leave the room better than when you came into it. You know, it's not that hard. But it's important that we don't take care of each other for granted. Because also, if you think about our environment, our environment reminds us of how busy our brain is. And if our environment is chaotic, we have a tendency to think our life is chaotic. You know, the, 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 the other thing that people awaken themselves to is this person is not the same as I thought they were. It's not the person that I fell in love with. This is not the person, you know, and, and we have to look at that as a red flag and not to go, okay, now's the time to make a choice. It's going, what has changed and why? What's going on? How did it arrive at this? What contribution am I making to get things to come to this place where we are so far disconnected? You know, the, the thing that uh, it, that is a problem is we pull away when there is a lot of resentment and we're being labeled. We pull away. We don't want to be a part of that. We don't want to be a part of being looked at as a failure, as a failed person. What we want is somebody that encourages us to do the right thing. In marriage, your job is to do the right thing for your wife, for your husband, and your family before you do for yourself. We all have to do what's right, not what's easy. The more we do what's easy, the more we back away and don't take life head on. And we need to do that. But we also don't want to take ourselves for granted that we're always going to live with money in the bank. 
you know, there's going to be changes. There's going to be things that happen. People lose their job. People get bored. People want something new. People want to invest in something different. It happens. It happens. But we have to have the ability to be resilient. And the ability to be resilient means that we choose to make decisions when we're ready to respond, not when we're ready to react. And that is key to a good marriage. You know, the second problem that happens is that it, 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 if a problem comes into the marriage of disrespect or fear or both, we are going to find ourselves at rage. Rage is never good. Rage creates resentment. Rage creates behaviors that are scary. Disrespect means somebody is not listening. And if you're not going to listen, there's going to be a lot of fear involved because now we have no voice in our own future. Now we may be three-fourths of the income that comes into the home, but we have no voice to determine where that life is headed. And that can be very scary for anybody. And we don't want to put ourselves in those kind of corners. However, some people will do that. The other partner is, the other part is we have people that are so egotistical, think that they're so right that they talk over everybody and anybody in a family. And that will destroy a family. If you have somebody that thinks they're always right, somebody that's always interrupting, somebody's always telling you what you're saying is not right, means they only listen to parts and pieces of what's being said so they can self-validate themselves. If you have a selfish person in your family or you're that selfish person that talks over everybody, you need to rethink who you are because in this life, you'll probably be alone. All right, we're going to take another break and we're going to come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Stuck in a state of being that holds us back from creating the life we truly desire. Regardless of your own blocks or limitations, imagine an easier way to get unstuck and move forward with your life. On this show, Jason Hopkins shares his practical next right step approach that will move you toward the life you really want. You too can be steps from getting the abundance, love, support, and fulfillment your heart desires. Get unstuck. Move forward with your life with Jason Hopkins. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about loveless relationships. You know, nothing is scarier than being in a committed, long term relationship and feeling you are alone it is the loneliest place in the world to be in a committed relationship where things aren't working because you know how to fall back in love if you've fallen out of love but some people have never fallen back in love before and that is a scary thing for them on the day you found love of your life you'll never felt more complete you, you could take on the world now things have gotten comfortable feels like one of you's changed but you swear it isn't and the way you speak to each other is often starts to go into harshness. And not only that, it looks like the softness in, in your eyes are gone. Something's got to give and, and you can't go on like that anymore. And you think about ending it. Yet when something inside you believes that it can't be the end and you think, 
Can you really fall back in love? And the answer is yes, yes, yes. It's scary when your feelings for your partner change. You know, suddenly the relationship we've relied on, believed in, suddenly feels unstable. And our natural response is to feel like something's wrong and we have to fix it. But in most cases, there's nothing broken and there's nothing to fix. There's adjustments that need to happen. And if you could just figure out how to stop the cycle, the love would come back and would all be new again. Well, that may or may not happen. That's why they're called marriage family therapists, because they can be objective and possibly help you. Some are good, some suck, some are somewhere mediocre, but the bottom line, you need to find somebody that's objective that can get you both talking to each other in a way you don't talk to each other right now. Sometimes we get on a plateau, sometimes we get stuck, and it's okay. But you have to break the ice and get through to each other. Many couples tend to drift apart in the later years of their relationship. And the reason? Well, it might sound crazy, but it's due to familiarity. Relationships evolve, and as a relationship changes, our feelings for the other person naturally changes. It's not bad or good. It's just part of the process of being together. And the problem comes when the couple feels that they... That, that to be happy, they have to recapture the feeling they used to have. Well, it seems like a, a really tough task. And, and yes, it's completely possible to fall back in love with your partner, but it probably will not feel always the same. You know, it's going to take effort. And if you want to reignite that spark, you better have compassion for your partner. And when we feel love, oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin are released. Oh my gosh, that feels incredible. And as time goes on, things start to feel comfortable, which is good, but also less exciting. And at this point, it's going to require effort to reunite that spark if this is where you are, if you're stale. All it takes is work and putting compassion and love back into that relationship, developing more intimacy, more desire to be together, more sharing, less being closed off more gratitude for each other, more curiosity about each other. That's that's really what it, it takes. But, you know, some people are so stubborn, they just have to get stuck in their ways and they won't fall back in love because they just have to have it the way they want to have it. Well, that's not always the place to be. And once again, if you want to feel stuck, have a lot of I'm entitled to, I deserve and I expect. Have a lot of that in your life. And throw that onto your partner and you are going to be one miserable SOV to live with. You know, you don't want to assume you know everything about each other. Feeling familiar with each other doesn't mean you know everything about each other. Your mind has one goal and that's to make your life easier. This can become a mistake when things are tough between you and your loved one. If you assume that you know everything about someone, you will miss out on learning more about what makes them tick. And you might also assume incorrectly as to why something has done a certain way or what is what was done that was meant to harm you. You know, if you operate off your own assumptions, you're going to characterize what that person is doing rather than actually discovering their true intentions. If you're going to fill in the blanks as to some negative conclusion about your partner, you're going to drive them apart because it's way too much work. The other part is if you can't take a compliment, oh, you look pretty today. Oh, you don't really mean that. No, I. you do. You look, okay. If you're going to make somebody work to give you a compliment, then it's never going to stop giving a compliment. If you want to look like a confident person, if you want to receive love, then just say thank you. It doesn't matter what you think about yourself. Don't load that on somebody else and make them have to work 10 times harder to tell you how much you're loved. That's crazy. But people do it all the time. The other thing is your brain, like everyone else's, sometimes reads body language incorrectly. That's called meta-communication. And body language, since we all have experience being misjudged, don't hesitate to admit that you've misjudged your partner's body language. If you're going to see a partner's body language and you're going to start saying, oh, you're tired or oh, you just were bored or you don't want to be here with me. Well, that's you projecting your own assumption onto them. Why don't you say, how are you feeling? Gee, wouldn't it be nice to have somebody actually be curious and caring instead of a, you know, argumentative and, and labeling you in a negative way. In addition, crazy arguments are often a symptom of possible nervous system misfirings. All of our memories are a combination of our past and present experiences. So try to remember that mistakes happen. And each one doesn't have to mean the end of the world or the end of your relationship. 
But the deepest part is showing compassion. Just like you show compassion and kindness to strangers, can't you do this to your partner? Can't you do this if you do that to your kids? Can't you give your partner some compassion? Couples who have been together for quite some time may find there are moments when they just aren't kind to each other. You know, even if your partner has done the same annoying thing for years, you might tend to snap at them after all these years. But the fact is, is why don't you just show them a sense of love and compassion and stop judging them and see what kind of outcome you actually get for the first time. You actually climbed the mountain instead of went to the valley, you know. Even if it's something small like being a shoulder to cry on, encouraging your partner to achieve a goal or thanking him for doing the dishes or thanking them for doing something that they do every day for you, but you've never thanked them. It might surprise you how you find that you receive more love from that person. With our days focusing on our work, our kids, our everyday crap that we have to do around the house, it's hard to find a moment to spend time with each other. But spending quality time can make you feel closer. Here's the deal. You need to know your partner's love language. What is a love language? Well, love language is how you spend time together, giving gifts, giving some sense of validation, uh, physical touch, doing favors for each other, doing things. You know, sometimes these are your love languages. And the fact is, if you're married to somebody or with somebody who's that's their love language and you're not good at it, you better get good at it because that's how you fill their tank. That is a need, not a want. Love languages are needs. If my partner their uh, love language is validation and people giving them compliments and I'm not doing it, they're going to have to get it elsewhere. So guess who else is filling their tank? Other people. And that's a need, not a want. So guess what happens? People's fill, their, their, their love language gets filled elsewhere. And guess where their love goes? Elsewhere. So if you really want your partner to love you, you better get really conscious and really good at whatever love language they need. And this doesn't mean, you know, as far as spending time together, it's not like you sit on the couch together and watch television all the time. It means plan a date night, do something, you know, take a walk, put on, put your phones away for a little bit, you know, to, you know, read a book together or talk about something, listen to a podcast, listen to a book, do something together. That's what time together can mean. It's not just sitting there on the TV or watching TV on the couch. You know, doing this will make your partner feel appreciated and loved. Help both of you revisit a time in the beginning of your relationship when everything was fresh and new. The other thing is, it is important to understand that we both have our individual journeys. And both partners in a long-term relationship will have their own interests. Of course, but, but partaking in those interests on your own means seeing yourself as a separate from your partner. And that's simply not the case. It's like you're both... You're both two ships looking for a safe harbor. You go out to sea, you have your own journey, you do your own things, you do what's important, but you want to come back to home together where you feel like you are a safe harbor. That is your job in a relationship. And so if you want to do something together, take on a new hobby, go on a vacation, someplace you've never been, take the relationship to uncharted territories, find things that you're both excited about, share that experience. That needs to be a regular occurrence, and, and uh, that fills our jar with things that you both like to do and taking turns to choose it maybe weekly because that, my friends, creates memories, and memories are the legacy of our life. If we want our life to live beyond us, we have to vest in memories. That is an important factor for all people. You know, it may have, you may have told your partner uh, that you love them on your anniversary or your wedding vows, but you really want to fall back in love, it is pertinent to express to them how much and how grateful you are for them here and now. You may be way past the honeymoon phase, but that doesn't mean your relationship doesn't benefit from an objective perspective of saying, hey, I love you. Hey, I care about you. You know, be sure to let your partner know all the ways in which you've changed for the better, no matter how or how which they've changed for the better. Excuse me, not you. No matter how big or how small, it will not only let them know that you appreciate their love and care, but that they truly made an impact on your life. That's incredible. That's an incredible thing to help a relationship. Instead of seeing the relationship as broken, you know, is take the time to fully accept and experience how the relationship feels. And yes, it feels different, but does that mean it's not good? 
You know, the euphoria of the new crush has faded, but have some wonderful parts to a relationship have emerged? Probably so. And again, many of us get caught up in the business of life, forgetting what's most important. Not only is laughter great for the soul, but studies have shown that in a relationship full of laughter and happiness is a sign of a relationship that's happy and strong. And of course, this doesn't mean everything you should do should be lighthearted. There are more serious moments in a relationship. However, there's nothing wrong with having constant memories of happiness, silliness, making one another smile. Because not only is laughter great for keeping a relationship healthy, but it lowers stress, makes you more attractive, improves your memory. Believe it or not. You know, if, if you've tried to plan date nights, be affectionate or showing love and kindness, but there's little progress, think back to when you and your partner fell in love. What drew you together? What did you find attractive about them? What was the defining moment of your relationship where you knew you wanted to get married and become serious? You want to reminisce with your partner, share stories from when you fell in love. Fill your minds and hearts with all the wonderful things about each other. Make a list of all the things you love and adore about your partner from the beginning and your present relationship and really take a trip down memory lane. It never hurts to actually do little sticky notes. Just very simple. I love you because. And put it on the mirror. Put it on somewhere where they'll find it throughout their day. That is a beautiful reminder that you still love each other. It creates enormous amount of good feelings. And it gets people to remember who and why they are with that person. Kids, careers, family, everyday struggles become uh, come between couples, but they don't always have to. Make a concerted effort to put your relationship in each other first. For God's sake, that's what your children want. They want to know that you are both happy first. They developmentally can't thrive if you both are not happy. If they know that you guys are threatening divorce, they're going to freak out. And that is going to make them developmentally delayed. So you guys have to understand that if you want your kids to develop normally, you need to get off your high horse, stop threatening divorce, stop threatening a breakup, and start showing each other love and compassion. And keep in mind that a relationship is a process, not an outcome. You evolve. You and your partner have to change with it. To keep a love alive, you have to accept that love changes, love evolves, and each type of love, each feeling of love carries with it its own unique feeling of joy and connection. You ditch the notion that you can never get the love feeling back and focus on making it happen. And once you put that to work, you'll realize that you're stronger together as a team than you were apart. All right, that's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening. I love hearing from you. You can do that at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment, health, and wellness channels, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, remember, apathy is the opposite of love, not hate. Also, the brain is a fantastic organ. It works 24-7, 365 days a year until you fall in love. Also, love is like a fart. If you have to force it, it's probably crap. Also, when it comes to love, you decide where to have chicken shit or chicken salad. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.